This is Naturopathic Doctors for Truth. We are gathering elders and wise MDs and other special guests to open discussion of important topics in naturopathic medicine and to address troubling trends during these times. We don't need to all agree on what the truth is, but we all agree that we need to be free to express our views, whatever those may be. Okay, done. I'm going to publish that. All right, we are good to go. Oh, welcome, everybody. This is uh, NDs for Truth, live discussion number 11. And I'm very, very pleased and very honored and excited to have doctors, Garrick Ng and Anna Fagan. And naturopathic doctors, both hailing from uh, San Diego Bastier. That's where you both studied, right? Correct. And you have a clinic together, which is called a Biomed Health Center in San Diego. Yeah, that is right. Awesome. Awesome. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start with you, Garrick, Dr. Garrick, and we're going to just, I'll just share a little bit about, about yourself. And then I'll, I'll, doc, I'll jump into you, Dr. Anna, after. So Dr. Ng is a doctor of naturopathic medicine and co-founder of the owner of Biomed Health Center. Raised near Detroit, Michigan, he received his Bachelor of Science from Michigan State University, then went on to complete his medical training at Bastyr University in California, uh, San Diego. His practice emphasizes the use of nutrition and lifestyle to attain optimal human biochemistry and physiology supported by the use of vitamins, supplements, and natural hormones. He also specializes in critical lab analysis, regenerative joint injections, IV therapy, ozone therapy, and true primary care and general practice. All right. All right. Thank you. Couldn't have said it better myself. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you wrote it very well. I think I wrote it. Yeah. All right. So Dr. Anna Fagan is equally a naturopathic doctor, (laughs) also known as a doctor of naturopathic medicine and co-founder of the Biomed Health Center. After completing her Bachelor of Science at the University of Miami, uh, she worked at a neurofeedback clinic in Boston, Massachusetts, where she specialized in treating children with ADHD and autism. It was here that she learned how patients can benefit from natural medicine. She soon fostered a passion for natural solutions to health problems and was inspired to pursue a degree in naturopathic medicine. In her practice, Dr. Fagan helps her patients by optimizing functioning at the cellular level. She specializes in men and women's hormonal health, anti-aging medicine, cool, cool, we could talk about that, (laughs) gut health and regenerative injection therapies. Um, she has also received additional training in IV therapy, ozone therapy, prolotherapy, and hormone replacement therapy. So welcome, both of you. Welcome, welcome. It's a pleasure to have you. Pleasure to have you. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Yes, it's, it's my pleasure. We, I know that you are both passionate about expression and discussion, and this we all agree is vital in during these times when we're not free as we used to be to express our right for the freedom of speech and as naturopathic practitioners to discuss certain you know taboo topics one of them being the very pandemic that we find ourselves in 
have you have either of you felt like inhibited in expression in, in your expression of what you can share publicly with patients around covid sure yeah i'll take this one i yeah. guess i um yeah. i think it's just a, a you know it's kind of reached a culmination for me and that's why i'm so excited to be on here and kind of chomping at the bit to get on a, a platform like this and start to talk about things more freely where even when you're pursuing what they call alternative medicine, right? Um, when you get that interest and you grow up and you study it, um, already there's conversations that um, sometimes you might just say not even worth it. And so, you know, all of a sudden with this pandemic, right? And something that has now affected so many people's lives, it's in our face and now I'm in the position to have a clinic and I'm practicing and have this responsibility. Um, I think it's just, it's the perfect time to start to speak up and it's the time that I feel like maybe I haven't done it enough in my life. And so um, it's out of necessity. And um, I think uh, so many factors go into this and it all comes down to the things that we, we preach root cause, um, you know, do no harm. There's all these principles of naturopathic medicine that are just being completely um, um, not uh, observed at this moment in time. And so um, I'm excited to, to talk about this right now. Yeah, sure, sure. And how about you, Dr. Anna? What, what's been your experience around that? Yeah, I was just talking with Dr. Ng, Derek, earlier. Um, it's kind of weird now because you almost have to test the waters with people before you can have a conversation with them. So, you know, having a business that has been open throughout this pandemic, we have been seeing, you know, new people come in and out of our facility constantly. And it's always this moment of, you know, the person standing in our waiting room and we don't know them yet. They don't really know us yet. And everyone's kind of like, okay, how, how do you feel about, you know, X, Y, and Z? okay, now I feel like I can communicate freely with you. And it's so strange because I have never in my life experienced something like this before where, you know, you are so apprehensive to speak your mind. Yeah. And it's a very interesting climate that we're in. Yes, it is. And what is the consequence? So let's say, Let's say there's a person that you don't know where they stand and you, you know, you test the waters, you know, with something and you get, you get a negative response so, or, or you get the, the not move forward freely, unapprehensively kind of response. Mm -hmm. What, what do you, what is your instinct or your impulse? What, how would you respond to that? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, you know, professionally it's, you know, if they're our patient, I'm always going to restrain myself. But what my instinct is, is to say, listen, this is what I know from my training as a naturopathic doctor, from, you know, my education before that, from my personal experience. And this is what I think, like yeah. all of that information gathered together. Um, and you know, my personal life, I, I've becoming more free with speaking up again about these things. But professionally, I do feel like, you know, if, if that apprehension is there, I do feel like there's a level of restraint. 
Yeah, and you, you know, I mean, we talked about this a little bit. We're coming on here and speaking publicly for the first time, and this is a new experience for us too. And so yeah. now there's even apprehension that we're experiencing right now. But I feel like this is a good opportunity for us to break through. And that, you know, um, there's always a moment in here where we're sitting at each other, we have things on our face, and we're like, okay. Um, are we going to take them off now, you know? And that's that's kind of uh, a breakthrough that um, we always we always go through in here every day. And it's 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 been freeing to, to uh, start. Oh, you mean around masks? Like, yes, you know, like, exactly, exactly. So, and, and like in your offices, like you'll, you'll be interacting with your patients without your masks? Well, sure, yeah. Like when 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 we're in the office here, yeah. Uh, it's just one example of, of, you know, standing up for something. Yeah. Uh, when we're, when we're in the office here, we always have the mask on. We want to respect everyone's uh, comfort levels. Right. But um, there is a point where there are certain people who do not want to be wearing that thing in our office and we can tell, you know? Yeah. And so that moment comes up quite frequently in here. Yeah. So, and then you'll, okay. So you, you might, yeah. you might, help that person feel comfortable with with that position yeah and it's a position that you know um the 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 research on the research on mask wearing in general the um whole culture of mask wearing in general it's a one-sided conversation right yes just we just open that that bar up for people that's right yeah I mean, I could, I could personally say that I've looked into mask wearing quite a bit and there are quite a few medical doctors. I, and I use medical doctors, not because I look to medical doctors as the authority on health, because I really think that naturopathic doctors, we really do have really powerful and amazing solutions for people's health, but that the public looks at uh, on them uh, as the authority of health in general. And, and medical doctors are basically coming forward with very different, um, ex, you know, different uh, information around uh, the use of masks and how they're not as effective as, as people would imagine, especially the complete, you know, non-conformity around masks and use of any kind of, like I have an old sock, so I'll just cut it yeah. and put it up on my face. Yeah. So there's stuff like that. and. And not to mention the psychological aspects of, of wearing masks and also the sterilization, the, the um, you know, auto inoculation of, of bacteria. And there's a whole bunch of issues around wearing masks. Absolutely. So, I, yeah, I can see you, you agree with that. I, I Absolutely. Want... Now, I have a question. Sorry to cut you yeah, off. Yeah, yeah, you go ahead. This, and to go down this path and kind of search out the roots of this, um, the doctors and, and the information out there about masks, uh, a majority of the people in the scientific community probably actually think they're doing the right thing, right? Yeah. Yeah. That, that is another root of this that, yes. that, that is so fundamental, right? Yes, absolutely. They think, they think they're doing the right thing which then evokes the whole energy around this idea of the collective, 
and the idea that you know you're doing right for humanity and you're you're actually helping by conforming to the mask wearing or whatever it is that you believe you're doing uh, protecting your fellow citizens. And I think that there is a certain area where that would be true with the very vulnerable and the very um, susceptible communities like the elderly communities and sure. uh, people that are immunocompromised, people that are mm -hmm. on those drugs that dispose people to getting more serious uh, coronaviruses, uh, the, the effects of coronaviruses, you know, yeah. like your, um, uh, your ACE receptor blockers and stuff like that. So there, there, there's, there's a balance, like, cause I, I, I have some problems with what's going on in the pandemic and I could see that you do as well, but it doesn't, it's not an, it's not an all or nothing thing. It's not a complete, like there is polarization as a result of these differences that we have, but I can see, I still see that there's a balance there. Like there's still certain communities to be protected and the likes of that. Yeah, and I think that's why conversation is so important too, yeah. right? You each state, you know, your general opinion about things and then you get, you narrow it down and focused and you talk about the specifics and the complexities of the issue, right? That's right. Yeah. 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 So I have a question for uh, Dr. Anna and you know, I wouldn't mind if you also addressed it, Garrick, if you feel the same way, but it's something that you said, Anna, you said, mm -hmm. you know, you test the waters and professionally you'll restrain yourself with patients that don't like, I guess that you get that warning sign or the red flag, or I don't know what it is that you would get. Yeah. Um, so in your personal life, you're expressing yourself more, but yet professionally you'll, you'll be restraining yourself. What, what is that about? Like what makes you restrain yourself more professionally? Honestly, I mean, one, it's that you can sense that that person has a great deal of fear. And I in no way want to fuel that fear because, you know, as them being my patient, I know that that is doing them a disservice. So it's just, it's not helpful to their psychological well-being to <laughs> exert my opinion when uh -huh. I know that um, you know they're they're sitting here in a state of fear and, and lack of understanding possibly. Um, so that's you know that's one I think major reason around it. Mm -hmm. I guess the other more obvious one is you know they're paying our bills. You know <laughs> they're our patients. We yeah we have to be in in good understanding with them in order for them to keep coming in order for them to get well in order for us to be able to do our jobs with them and that's kind of my ultimate priority is you know i'm a doctor first i have a responsibility to treat these people and make them well and i can't let my personal feelings around um, or personal opinions interfere with that so I, I kind of take on a greater responsibility in that professional role. Yeah. Okay. And um, Garrick, before you jump in, I, I, I would, uh, I was wondering if you would get in there, but I just want to ask Anna. One more thing. <laughs> she wanted to respect tell. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, <laughs> he's not always like that. <laughs> you said you don't want to let your personal opinions influence your relationship with your, with your, um, 
uh, patient. What about your professional opinions? Because this mm -hmm. is where we start getting into interesting waters. Like you yourself said, you know, I've been trained as a naturopathic doctor. I have mm -hmm. certain professional opinions. Now, are you also restraining yourself from sharing your professional opinions with a patient who might, you know, yes. not get it or also? No, um, okay. absolutely not. Um, you know, anything that I have as a professional opinion that, you know, is coming out of my, my own medical research and, and education, I am absolutely sharing with my, my patients. It's more when things, you know, turn political or, or volatile and I can just tell that there's a level of uncomfortability is when I'm going to, you know, yeah. but, you know, if there's something that is medically relevant that I believe will benefit the patient and, yeah. you know, in a conventional sense, it might seem like more of an opinion, um, but I, I will absolutely share that. Oh, yeah. She's cool. And we, we both, I think, do a good job of doing that behind the closed doors here. Um, and I, I also see the counterpoint in why it is so hard to do that as well, because there is a lot at stake. Your license is at stake in some, some regards. Mm -hmm. um, your livelihood. And then, um, you know, is that worth the trouble for a lot of people? Well, I guess everyone has... Uh, their own decisions to make, and that's fine. Mm -hmm. So I, I get the fears behind. Um, yeah. C yeah what are they called? CYA, Medi cover your ass, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Cover your ass. Well, yeah. well, that's true. I think a lot of people, I want to say people, but definitely naturopathic doctors are, you know, afraid for their livelihood because this this threat of their license being taken away, yeah. um, losing their reputation, uh, losing Absolutely. business as a result of being outspoken and for unpopular reasons. It's definitely there. Yeah. I, I don't know. You said that you saw a little bit of the discussion with myself and Dr. Michael Moeller. Did you see mm -hmm. that a little bit? Yeah. I mean, I was getting passionate. I was getting passionate with him and saying, you know, where, where are the naturopaths with principles? Like to stand up for our principles, sure. even if it means some possible threat to our livelihood. Yeah. There have been people who have their livelihoods have, I don't want to say gotten hurt because some, for some of them, like Anke Zimmerman, it just took a turn and now she's even mm -hmm. doing better than she was because she stood up for her principles. Yeah. I don't know if the outcome is always negative when we stand up for our principles, you know, and, and, and mm -hmm. CYA kind of thing. Right. Well, that's a good example, you know, yeah. to, to look at, right? Yeah. yeah. A good story to look at for inspiration, I suppose. Yeah. But yes. ultimately, I think you, you have to take responsibility and do um, what you feel is right in your, in your core of things. Right. And so, yes. Yeah. That's the, gotta be the motivation. <laughs> yes. You know, I find that the more outspoken we are, the, you know, the more you attract people who, you know, who have similar beliefs as you, and you can just see our patient population, just be more of our people. Yes. You know, they, you know, they understand what we're putting out and, they they get it um quite frankly and i think what is it like 
I have a tractor tribe or whatever that saying is, but it's so true. And yes. I think that's probably the, the example with Dr. Zimmerman or Zimmerman, where she, you know, is able to, to really positively change who she's been. Yeah. And you hear stories similarly of, um, you know, doctors who have been outspoken, maybe have more of a following right to begin with and they get handed an FTC letter or something, and then their, their people rally behind them and they're stronger than ever, right? That's right, yeah. So you just pivot with, with and sure. you have to adapt. Yeah, yeah, and you know, there is this thing when you're starting, I could, I could speak for myself, when you're starting, you just wanna, you just wanna build your practice up. You, you'll take any patient, mm -hmm. you know, and you'll, sure. you'll adapt to your patient. <laughs> yeah. You'll adapt to your patient, you know, as you, as you gain more experience, you start to go like, oh, you start to have this thought, like, maybe I can tailor the, my practice more around the kinds of people I want to work with. Yeah. And that's, yeah. So go ahead. Go ahead. And those, and those people, you know, they respond to you and they end up referring their groups of people and, and you start to grow this community that way. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I had a couple of experiences in this last year, uh, just, a, just a little over a year, where I was pretty shocked at the degree, like certain beliefs that had really gotten strong in our profession, which, you know, they're very, it's a lot of political stuff, a lot of um, different ideologies, cancel culture. So I was... <laughs> You know, I kind of got canceled myself a few times. Um, you know, I, not canceled, but just really like thrown under the bus by a mob of people who were denouncing me for, for having differing views. And I, I know in my heart, I didn't say anything that's against any of my integrity or anything that I consider hateful or malicious, or I stand for equality of, of between races and uh, uh, genders. And I, I really, I'm really, that's like my basis, but I didn't, I wasn't towing the party line of the kind of, you know, mm -hmm. political climate that we see in cancel culture. It's like you, you have to say it just like it is. Otherwise you're an infidel or something, you're, you're rejected. Um, and so I, I, I encountered this and I hurt, you know, like my, my, my fragile ego got smashed. Right. But then I actually made a lot of more community, exactly what you're, in, you're suggesting, like, like the doors open for the people that are more uh, akin to where I am in my life. And so where one door closes, another one opens. I really, sure. do, I really do see that. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, uh, that's an interesting thing. I, I, I'm, I'm unfamiliar, but um, that's, a, that's an interesting thing to be a part of, so. Uh, so personally, <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, like I just took I just took a, a a major. Well, I don't know how you call it, but it was certainly it was certainly unpleasant being insinuated many names, called many names, and it was you know it was. I, I can I can tell you what it was about because you know it it was around sort of the sensitivities around Black Lives Matter. And what had happened with uh, George Floyd and everything. And I, I was saying, you know, don't, don't fall for this. This is a political trap. And this don't, I, I understand that there, there is injustice here. It, there's not like, 
there's no problems with racism in America. We need to talk about this. We need to have these discussions. But don't fall for it because a lot of the people are like, oh, you're you're white. You you don't you don't get to say anything because of what's happening. And but I'm a practitioner. I've been practicing for 20 years and I've worked with people of all races. I have things to say about every topic. I, I, I shouldn't shouldn't be silenced because of the color of my skin. And so I would say stuff like that. And that got that got <laughs> that got a whole bunch of people riled up. What's that? I could see that. Yeah. 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 So that got people going. And I mean, a lot of people are silenced because they're afraid to get that mob on their back. And it's a very strong energy of like, it's, I think it's been socially engineered um, by parties that don't want the best for America. I really think there's social engineering here to divide sure. us. And I said, don't let this divide us, but it has. There's a lot of strong racial yeah. division. Yeah, it's a tough conversation to have because that needs to be very clear in your in your uh, argument or, or, or your discourse is that uh, this is meant to divide us being the main point, not the minutia or, or whatever that, that, that yeah. is surrounding it. That yeah. needs to be the focal point. And with these topics that are so volatile, I don't know if there's a solution to having those conversations right now. I haven't seen it like a, yeah. I haven't seen it work out yet. But um, that's why we continue to work at it. And as far as you say with social engineering, like why would you think that your cause, any cause that you belong to, isn't being manipulated in some way by someone? Right. Yeah. Yes. You have to. You have to really be very discerning. Of where sure. you're coming from, and every, everything that we're we're sharing, everything that we're talking about, is is um, is up for grabs. You know, it's yeah. on it's on the chopping block of being manipulated by some psych psychological operation with some agenda, and that could be just to sell you on something, or it could literally be to to cause doubt in your very fabric of your nature or to emasculate you or to augment a sort of hateful attitude these are all kinds of really crazy manipulation stuff that's going on these days absolutely and uh, you know i think it, it's apparent maybe if you start to you know the more you spend on your phone or you know yeah. you, you start to see things that start to pop up and you're like ah, yeah um that's clearly trying to invoke something in me right now you know yes yeah yeah absolutely yeah and the political environment right now is just so prime for it i don't think we've ever been more polarized as yeah. and and i think that people are so polarized right now that the sensitivity level is just at an all-time high mm -hmm. so if you say something that is just even remotely contrary to whatever end someone is on they're going to be triggered instantly yeah, yeah. yeah. and and that's a problem that's a problem discussion absolutely yeah, yeah. Was the, like you said but that the the root of it all is probably that you know people are being manipulated into mm -hmm. having this anger in the first place whether you know that's just from things that are fed into their mind or their visuals mm -hmm. through the stimulus like that or whether it's, you know, it's definitely happening on a systemic level and, you know, um, socioeconomically uh, and things like that, of that nature. And yeah. so yeah. Um, they, 
the, the ability to keep people divided and without power financially or a voice, these are all things that are, are very powerful when it comes to controlling people. Absolutely. There was just this, this um, movie that I saw, it was a documentary film, just like an interview of this genius guy. His name is Daniel Schmocken, Schmockenberger or something. I'm, I'm sorry if I'm killing his name. Strong name. It's a very strong name. The, the title of the film is War on Sensemaking. And basically he, he breaks it down to explain that in a democracy, democracies have to be placed on the principles of open discussion to as a whole realize what society needs and then move forward and implement it. That's what democracy is all about. It's like we vote, hey, we need, our roads suck. Our buses can't get down the street. We need better roads. No, I don't think we need better roads. I think we need better parks. You know, if, if you can't have some consensus, you can't live in a democracy. And if you don't have any discussion, if you can't have open discussion, you can't have consensus. And then there's no way that your democracy is going to work. It leads to civil war. It leads to some kind of destructive uh, force. And the, the people behind it, we'll just call them the people behind it, you right. know, um, without looking, without pulling that curtain back too much right now. The people behind it, they, they desire to have us divided. Because if we're united, then we're, we're, we're strong. When we're divided we're weak and we're easily manipulable. So a culture is easy to control or easy to topple over if it's divided. And America is one of the last standing pillars of democracy in the world that hasn't been completely taken over by the agenda that's also behind COVID. Now, now that's me kind of throwing, I don't know if this is a bomb or whatever right, right yeah. now. I'd like sure. you to comment on that. But for instance, Canada, I live in Canada. Canada, the government has been taken over. There's no opposition to this totalitarian society that they're moving us towards. But America has promised there to possibly stop or maintain its independence from the global agenda that's that's moving in. Well, I would believe that just with the, I don't know the specifics that you're talking about, but I would believe that just with, you know, uh, money being in the pockets of politicians and, you know, just starting from there and yeah, knowing that that's how, how things are trending to, um, are, are happening here right now. Yeah. There's an agenda out there. It's going to be bought, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it's true. You can always follow the money. That's one yeah. of the indications. Yeah. You can also watch and observe what's happening. There's a there's a there's a loss of the freedom of speech. The sure. the social media platforms are yeah. censoring only one point of view, and the other point of view is being censored. It's being demonized. It's ostracized, mm -hmm. and those people who are trying to speak up for it are being deplatformed, canceled, and ostracized. And not just by the mainstream media and social media, but also by the peers, like by, by other people that have been taken into this movement. Yeah. So we see that happening. And yeah, that's an indication that some kind of thing is creeping up. Do you, yeah. do you worry about that with YouTube and Facebook being your platforms that we're broadcasting on right now? Do you worry about that? 
Um, no, I don't worry about it. I have I have backup plans. Okay, gotcha. So I I'm I'm concerned. Like if if they were to deplatform me on yeah. YouTube, if they could. But I I would just I would go to an alternative um, solution. Like instead of broadcasting live through YouTube and then embedding it in my NDs for Truth uh, website. Um, I would just probably record straight to, to the cloud or something and then embed it live that way. There's there's different workarounds. You yeah. Know? yeah, I think that's important to, to put out there too because people are like, I, I don't trust these places, but I don't know where to turn as well. I don't know where else to get my information. Yeah, yeah well, that's that's right. a really good question. There's lots of yeah. little things popping up like mm -hmm. MeWe, there's there's um, in, uh, Telegram instead of Instagram. Oh, that's right. Mm -hmm. I mean, Instagram just basically told you that they're going to do exactly what uh, Edward Snowden warned about like several years ago. You know, Edward Snowden, the mm -hmm. yeah. right? They're, oh, they're yeah. going to be watching your every move, and they they yeah. just told you that, you know? Yeah. And you just go click agree. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's pretty. It's pretty wild stuff. The social media control over all of this is, it's kind of terrifying, to be honest, um, when you just think about how much influence they have in, in polarizing everyone the way that they have. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. But they get more clicks, the stronger people feel in one direction or the other. Yeah, that is true. So they're that just feeding all of us. <laughs> yeah. So you have to be discerning that and, and kind of be on the lookout for like, am I being manipulated right now? Because mm -hmm. I, I certainly understand that there's all kinds of possibilities for manipulation there. There's, there is, there is a lot of psychology involved in this. Oh yeah. And there is certainly a political um, polarization between the left and the right, between democratic and Republican. Mm -hmm. But then one, one thing I just like to make a point of, you can't, there's no such thing as polarization around the truth. So mm -hmm. let, let's say something is happening, something bad is happening and people are not aware of it. Well, then there are those who are aware and those who are unaware. And that looks like a polarization. But for me, polarization is like splitting of two parties, like to, to just be like, yelling at each other from across the fence and not listening to each other and both of them think their opinions are right. I see what you're saying. That's yeah. happening as well. Yeah. Yeah. That's happening as well, right? But then there is this thing around truth that's happening too, where there's yes. censorship. Yeah. That's and not that's, okay. No, and that's, that's the world we live in and how I guess we're getting introduced in our platform or our role in this whole global thing that's going on is being in the medical field where it's now front and center. The, the yeah. Medicine, yeah. Right? Yeah, right, right, exactly. So like, you know, a polarization you might say around COVID. Yeah. So, right. Um, it's, it's this terrible, like we're all gonna die kind of thing, yeah. or it's just so, and you should be, you should be very afraid mm -hmm. and you should not have a social life. So all these kind of attitudes that one might have. Yeah. And then the attitude is like, no, I looked at the numbers. It's not any more deadly than a kind of a bad flu season. Mm -hmm. And there are reasons for the large numbers of deaths in America. Mm -hmm. um, number one, a lot of those numbers are falsified. 
Number two, Americans are on a great number of drugs that increase yes. your susceptibility to death with COVID. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Well, how are you, have you, have you had any COVID patients? Have you worked with any patients and how are you doing with that? Yeah, we work with, we definitely work with COVID patients and we're, we're very, very uh, happy about the work we've been doing here. Um, we, I would say our business has been, uh, the backbone of it this past year has been all COVID concerns, right? Yeah. We've found that, you know, um, it just came to us. Um, we've, we have the good fortune of being uh, a member of a large integrative medical practice in Detroit, Michigan, uh, Center for Holistic Medicine. He's partnered with Dr. David Brownstein. He writes a lot of books, um, uh, has a good following, and they uh, got ahead of the pandemic and started implementing therapies very early um, and, and collecting data. And so we've been fortunate to be on that in on that from the beginning. And we're just using high, mega high doses of, you know, foundational nutrients, A, C, D, you know, these kind of things. We're Simple doing stuff. Yeah, yeah, nebulizer therapies where we're getting you we're getting the solutions directly into the lung tissue. Just all things that make a whole lot of sense. Honestly, yeah. it's easy to communicate to people mm -hmm. and it works. Yeah. It really works. We have some really awesome testimonies, really awesome anecdotal stuff. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. Here you are, two naturopathic doctors. You're doing your thing. You're helping people. You have a solution. The solution is right there. It's simple enough to, to access. It's not too expensive. It's not going to break anyone's bank. No. Versus nothing helps COVID. The only yeah. solution that we possibly can have is the vaccine, which is totally experimental mRNA vaccine. Absolutely. It is, it's really absurd that, that the truth is being censored in this scenario because, I mean, we have so much data on it. We have, we have patients, we've, you know, seen the testimonials from his dad's clinic and like, we are really just trying to spread the word that there, there are things you can do no, 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 and they work. Yeah, and yeah. We, we do it as much as we can, but we feel good about the work we've been doing because our patients tell all their friends and then they're all doing it and they feel safe and they feel there's, there's no fear. And um, that's, that's really rewarding work. Yeah, it's commendable. Now, just yeah. out of curiosity, could you, would you, do you feel inclined to publicly come forward to try to reach more people, would you be entitled to do that as a naturopathic doctor in, in the state of California? I mean, yes, I feel that absolutely. Okay. I, it's for a good cause, it's for a good reason, and it will help and potentially save a lot of people so it, it's part of our it's part of our resolution right for 2021 yeah. you know okay yeah we um we want to make this knowledge public in um you know the most effective way that we can so we're being smart about we want to be smart about it too we don't just want to go shouting out there but right. um we we think that People need to know this, and when they do, they'll be very grateful. Uh, I don't. No one. No one 
luckily so far we haven't caught too much uh, um, flack for any of the stuff that we're doing, but you know, uh, maybe that comes with the territory as well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, good, good for you to, to be looking at this and to do it wisely. Like you said, you yeah. it may not be the best idea to just get out there and start shouting the answer, but, but to find ways to be active, that's really good. Um, I myself, you know, I practice in Quebec. <clears throat> Quebec is like the wild, wild west of, yeah. of, of medicine in, in the sense that naturopathic doctors here were, were regulated under the Drugless Practitioners Act. So I'm not really, I don't really have uh, any college bearing down on me to, to censor me or to stop me from speaking up or like I, I, I may have mentioned or definitely last talk with Anke Zimmerman, we were talking about how the, the, the British Columbia College of Naturopathic Physicians in Canada has forbid any naturopathic doctor from saying, bringing any information about the risks of vaccination. Mm. They're not allowed to broach that topic. Yeah. Yeah. That's unfortunate. That, yeah. That's really unfortunate. There, there's a conversation to be had there. Of course, there's a conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just, yeah. I mean, foundationally, even regardless of what the, the specifics are, there should always be a conversation. Um, and then if you look at the data and the vaccinations, I mean, we just we just did a little talk on this the other day where we, we went through the, the most recent study that uh, Pfizer put out and just gave the facts, you know? We just said, what is this telling you? Well, not much. <laughs> yeah. it's, essentially, it's essentially what we were, we were saying, but you know, that's how we want to go about it. We want to actually get those things in front of us, have the numbers, right? And present it that way. And then, um, then we feel like we're also protected, you know? Right. Yeah. If you're just quoting the studies that are out there, um, you know, then that's totally legit. I just put up a, um, I just put up an article. It's actually a video of a, do- a medical doctor, Dr. James Lyons Weiler. Have you heard of Dr. James Lyons Weiler? Really, really passionate, outspoken dude. And he really, he was like shaming, shame on you people for like, yeah. for not making this information disclosed um. and, and forthcoming to help people to end suffering. You know, just simple things that every medical doctor, I think, and every naturopathic doctor should be pretty passionate about. Well, he, he was talking about the adverse effects that have been um, determined from these initial, just short-term initial vaccines mm-hmm. of the mRNA vaccine of Pfizer and Moderna. It's 21% mm. serious yes. adverse reactions. Mm. Yeah. Um, what was there? There was a... Um study uh or the numbers just came out on the the anaphylactic uh responses to the vaccine right and so yeah that's a that's a a problem that has even made the news cycle but you know it's been twisted right yes so so uh any real healthcare practitioner whether it's a nurse or a medical doctor if you this is one of the things, one of the memes that was circulating around. If anybody's interested in how you decline the vaccine in a mandatory situation, is that you you don't say, no, I'm again, I'm anti-vax. Don't say I'm anti-vax, because then you're just as belligerent, 
you know, tin, tin foil hat wearing freakazoid that they're going to just, I don't know what they're going to do, wrestle you to the ground and forcefully. But if you ask is, you know, are there, are there any potential harmful side effects of this? You know, I, I'm very sensitive. I have harm. I can have a harmful anaphylactic reaction to this, this, and this um, food, you know, are there any potentials there? Well, then if they say yes, then you say, well, I, I'm going to decline it for that reason. I don't want to harm myself here. Mm -hmm. And they're under the oath as same as we are to do no harm. And they have to honor that. If they don't honor that, then they've gone to the next level of barbarism in medicine, unfortunately. That's a, that's a good point. And, and it's the right way to go about, about this situation, I think. It's, it's the smart yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I heard a, I heard a similar thing where people were approaching it from more of a legal standpoint, like a, a constitutional standpoint when it came to, you know, um, when it came to frequenting, you know, store, retail stores and restaurants and having to wear masks in those restaurants. It, 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 the way you approach it is from the legal standpoint, um, from the kinds of uh, discrimination laws and stuff like that. So, That's right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There are legal, there are legal things you can do. I've been trying to wrap my head around the sure. language. Like, um, yeah. You know, all of the different outside the box legal stuff I've been looking at, you know, with like Commonwealth law, there's, there's maritime law I've looked at. There's also the um, um, Magna Carta Article 61. I don't know if you're familiar with any of that stuff, but it's been very, very interesting. All of the things come down to this common denominator is there's, and there's a different couple of ways of looking at it. It's that ultimately every human being is sovereign and their wishes must be respected, but you must make your wishes very clear so that people can respect those wishes. Yeah. If somebody's stepping on your toe and you don't like it, you, you can't mumble under your breath like, oh, that's, that person is stepping on my toe. You have to say, excuse me, sir, you're stepping on my toe and I do not want you to please step off my toe. I'm, I'm yes. exaggerating this example, but basically the law honors a universal truth that each of us is sovereign and we have the right to decide for ourselves. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's the, that's the information that people just don't have. They don't know that's out there. They, I mean, where are they going to find this kind of stuff? Right. right. I think it's good. Yeah. We should po be posting that stuff all over. Social. Post that stuff. I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's funny. I've been working for 20 years now as a naturopathic doctor. And many times I have, I'm working with patients and they say, you know, I'll say, okay, well, do you like you're feeling stronger now you're feeling better would you do you want to come off your drug we could work on slowly and responsibly uh, bringing you off your drug they say well i have to ask my medical doctor somehow the psyche of our north american possibly western culture and probably elsewhere in the world too we've come to believe that our medical doctors are the ones that have to decide for us our the course of our health Mm, yeah, I that I think that's traditionally what it's like, and uh, I I'm more optimistic that that's changing though. I think there is you know kind of this um, this awakening, this health awakening, where people are starting to question that. And yeah. I even though you know we have our gripes with the way things are going right now, 
this vaccine by far has the lowest approval rating out of any vaccine in history, right? Yes. So there are shifts happening and we just, you know, we need to make sure that that's um, being addressed and those people are receiving the information that they, they're craving, yeah. right? Good. Reach yeah. where you can hardly, you know, no longer ignore it. You know, like a lot of people who previously didn't question conventions are now forced to because it's becoming more and more extreme, you know, releasing a vaccine after studying it for two months, like that is extreme. Yeah. If you're somewhere even close to the line, like you got to question it. Mm -hmm. Yes. The, Absolutely. Talk about unprecedented. It's, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Especially with coronavirus, the history of coronavirus vaccination is at least in animal studies the animals that have been injected with vaccines prepared against coronaviruses has yielded great reactions, like, like very negative hyper reactions to the actual infection when they get introduced to it. Mm -hmm. So um, with this history of coronavirus, like overreaction of, of, the, um, of the immune system and do Dr. Judy Mikovits has looked at that. Have you, do you know, do you know that name, Dr. Judy Mikovits? She, she uh, produced Plandemic. That's right. Yeah, she was main, um, she's the main research scientist in it that was interviewed. Yeah. And she explains that the, the flu vaccine in the last couple of years has had coronaviruses in it. So you have your influenza strains, which are constantly mm -hmm. changing. And the flu vaccine has to be the ex an example of the least efficient um, right vaccine imaginable you know on a very positive year i think it was like 40 percent effective yeah and that's all public knowledge people so you can you can look this stuff up. this is public knowledge we're not making any yeah. conspiracy theory this yeah. is so but they're introducing the coronavirus in the vaccination and there's there's a lot more people be, being vaccinated all of there's a lot of media around vaccination and people are feeling pressured or impelled, you know, compelled yeah. to do. And so there, yeah. there, I think this is another reason for this hyper reaction to actually being infected by any number one of these, any number of these uh, viruses, we're seeing these huge reactions uh, because <laughs> of the vaccinations, as a matter of fact. So that's, that's just an opinion. I, I can't prove that it's just a hunch based on you know, what I've looked into in research, but that's kind of a hunch I'm, I'm, I'm going with right now. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's, that's um, a valid point. Yeah. yeah. It's the antibody dependent enhancement that um, a lot of these vaccines, particularly with coronaviruses exhibit. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It's interesting, you know, they, um, touching more on the, the, the philosophical side of things and, and the fear aspect, the, this whole ethical, um, you know, uh, responsibility that's, that's out there. Mm -hmm. And how um, I, I saw someone put it really nicely, how ethics are, are rarely come from the individual themselves. They come from guilt and shame that's mm -hmm. put upon them from external sources. And I think um, that's kind of another testament to um, whatever powers that be just beating down and, and saying, you know, this is the way it's going to be. Uh, you should feel guilty. You're not a good person if you don't do it this way. Right. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which comes down to the law. And when I say right. the law, I don't mean just courthouse, judge. I mean law as in like a universal law that that lives in the yeah. cellular at the cellular level for <laughs> all for all human beings that's mm -hmm. beyond race and creed and language and religious denomination. It's just this universal idea that resonates in all of us so that when we are have things imposed on us, there should be this natural reaction like, no, like that's not right. There should right. be that. Yeah. If there isn't that, well, then there's been a lot of like brainwashing and coercion that has led a person to not even realize that, hey, somebody just told you what to do, told you what you can't do, shut you up and, and you didn't say anything about it. Yeah, I, I felt that way, you know, initially with the stay at home orders and how it just became like a, a trending thing. Like, you know, it was popular for people to almost brag on social media about how compliant they were. Yeah. And it was, it was so weird to me. It's a strange. Yeah. Yeah, like the virtue signaling out, out yeah, virtue. Yeah. Yes, there it is. The virtue signaling. <laughs> Love that. And strong. Have, yeah. you, have you seen um, coronavirus patients in, in Montreal? I haven't. You know, okay. I, my practice is largely um, working with chronic illness and autoimmune disease. Like I specialize working with patients with myasthenia gravis. It's an illness I personally okay. had. Okay. So I haven't had any coronavirus cases. I've had a few acutes, but no coronavirus cases. Okay. Um, I've discussed with Andre Sane, though. Do you know? Do you guys know the name Andre Sane? I do. Uh, homeopath, correct? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, he's a naturopathic doctor. He's a chiropractor, and and he's a one of the, you know, he's a leading homeopath. I want to say in the world. But certainly in our profession, he's very, you know, he's had a lot of naturopaths come through and, and study with him. He's had quite a few cases of, of coronavirus. And he, you know, he says, you know, it's a very real situation. He doesn't, he doesn't look outside of just, just what, what he's dealing with, like into the more political stuff. He doesn't necessarily go there. But um, yeah, just, just from insight into his practice, I know that it's a very real, like, people have been getting very sick and, you know, that's something, yeah, we should, we should all, always say too, it's not just a, it's not this polarized event that has one, you know, one side that's completely opposite. Um, yeah. We do recognize, uh, or we see, we treated people who've had it and been very, very sick. That's know? right. Our way of, about going about it, uh, that's where it varies. And um, I think that's where the truth is, you know? Yeah. And you know what? I do question if it is actually SARS-CoV-2. Like, okay. I don't know if, first of all, I don't have a, I don't have very much confidence at all in the PCR tests. I don't think they're a legitimate yeah. way of testing for SARS-CoV-2 at all. Um, so, but we do see people getting really something and there could be a pattern, you know, there's a ground glass appearance and x-ray, uh, and x-rays and um, there's, you know, loss of taste, lots of taste, loss of different sensory. There's, there's different weird things that you don't usually see in the flu. Mm -hmm. So right. you can see a kind of pattern emerging, but is that SARS-CoV-2? I don't know. You know, to be totally honest, I don't, I don't know. Have you done any PCR testing or 
Like, what is your opinion on that? Mostly, it, it comes from other places. Yeah, you know? we haven't we done order. Yeah. Yeah. See, there's some people that are suggesting that there is no virus. And I don't know if I'm ready to do that. I don't, I don't feel like I want to do that. Some people are even, you know, looking, turning every rock over. And some people are saying sure. there, there is no such thing as a virus, that it's just exosomes, that under certain circumstances, you know, pollution, detoxification, there's certain climate uh, situations that will cause a person to detoxify and release exosomes, which are, contain toxins and underneath, uh, you know, uh, microscopes, they look identical to viruses. So um, I've been looking at them, I'm studying, I'm, I'm basically doing what I, what I hope we all could do is just look at what's out there, look at what people are having to say and, you know, decide for yourself what you resonate with. Sure. Yeah, I think, you know, it's worth if, if someone has that opinion, then they present it and, you know, you have to go over it and make a decision for yourself. Um, yeah, what, what we've been doing and having success with is similar to the way we've been approaching viruses and just pathogens in general. And so, you know, that's if, if that works for us, then that's what we have to say and, and that's what we have to go with, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah, in Ontario, for instance, I, I graduated from CCNM, so my alma mater is in Ontario. The College of Naturopaths of Ontario, called Kono, they will not allow a naturopathic doctor to express anything that might help a person who has COVID or to prevent it, because it's beyond their scope of practice. So somehow, this viral situation, this pandemic, has become beyond the scope of practice for a naturopath in Ontario. Right. And that is absurd. It must be really uh, something different out of this world. <laughs> yeah, it's very absurd. I agree with you. Yeah. It's such a conventional way of thinking, though, to think that there is a, you know, one treatment for every pathogen, every new pathogen. Yeah. So it's, that doesn't even make sense. What's even the treatment right now? It's just... It's, it's wash nothing. your hands yeah they've had they have nothing and yeah. actual solutions because and social isolation social isolation things yeah, that are that's killing it. our economy yeah. people are suiciding at, at rates that are unprecedented mm -hmm. rates depression mm -hmm. i mean drug use alcohol abuse you name it it's augmented problems you know exponentially mm -hmm. and you know let's say that it was a very serious virus i think that the number, the amount of chaos that would be caused by the virus would be less than the way, the means that they're implementing to deal with the virus. And we're ignoring the fact that, you know, these people who are, uh, who have worse outcomes with this uh, virus uh, are in horrible health to begin with. They, yes. They, uh, I mean, that alone should just, enlighten some people into you know how health needs to be approached in general in this country in the world in general now you have to be careful with the cancel culture yeah <laughs> saying that because they'll say you're covid shaming which to me is absolute I, a, a face palm like to say never thought about that but Wait. that's yeah i just that's no a, no no you're okay but i'm just i'm being no, no. like yeah so yeah. you're saying that you it, like COVID shaming would be like, it's not okay to 
to tell someone that their life choices made them more susceptible? Yeah, I mean, like you wouldn't shame them, but the, oh. the, the just the implication that your diet, you know, yeah. your state of mind, your mental health, like just your state yeah. and overall can influence how sick you become from the virus. Like yeah. you know, to eliminate that form of expression and call it COVID shaming. And now anybody that brings anything up, well, you're COVID shaming and you're, you know, gone. Yeah. Well, that's, that's it's, it's a similar, um, well, it's almost the same uh, argument that they're saying about you can't say that obesity is tied with, you know, many different like pathologies. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, yeah. It's just an excuse for people to not take responsibility for their health, though. And I think that we see that over and over again. And Well, we're not shaming anyone yeah. is the thing. We're not. You're well, just, you want to empower them to know the truth. We have nothing against anyone. But you want, we want, ultimately want people to take yeah. responsibility for their health and yeah. realize that, you know, COVID has been this huge wake-up call of this is what can happen when you consistently don't take responsibility for your health. Yes, yes. Especially if you, if you say it as a general statement and not isolating any one individual person right. yeah. like if you were to take somebody on the spot and put them up and then and, and, you know put a camera on them and say tell me about your diet no 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 that's then you, no, you're exactly the poor person you don't want to do that yeah. but to, as a general idea i mean this is a very simple and and very simple simple naturopathic idea mm-hmm. you know the, the the state of overall health is important for how susceptible we are yeah, if you're, oops, is that me? I'm sorry about that. Where's the coming from? <laughs> oh my gosh. I, I wonder that's, my, that's our office phone going off. I have a point to make. I have something to say. <laughs> go ahead, I can hear you all right. It's kind of faint in the background. Okay, this is gonna go on the blooper reel motion. <laughs> no. Yeah. Um, what was I going to say? You had something to say about <laughs> public shaming or? Oh, yeah. Um, well, no, just um, just uh, more on that. Just, you know, you need to, you, you don't point out individuals and you don't, you don't uh, make anyone feel bad about themselves. But, you know, there are some things that, it's our. Uh, it's also we're trained to give to give medical advice and news that maybe you know maybe it's like a, a wake up call or harsh realities. So this yeah. is what we should be able to do. Yeah, you you were trained. You you worked your butt off. You became a doctor. You have you have a professional opinion, and there's nothing wrong with telling a patient that their lifestyle is is contributing to their. Their their weakness or their their lack of uh, immunity or whatever like that's yeah. that's fair game in my opinion you know I don't think a lot of people realize that you know the percentage of people that might have diabetes in the ICUs right now you know mm-hmm. I don't I don't think people are privy to that sort of information we take care of ICU nurses are they're patients of ours here. And um, you know they they readily give us all this information. They they know that the people are sick. The nurses know what's happening. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, that's right. We don't get yeah. a lot of this stuff on mainstream media. Mm-hmm. 
Um, there's a very, very, um, you know, sterilized and very carefully selected message that is repeatedly given for certain agendas. And I mean, if you look, if you were to really explore that and, and for that to become very well known, well, then maybe, maybe people should change their diet, you know, maybe they shouldn't be going to, uh, um, well, if your baseline, you know, if your baseline, you're fighting, you know, to keep circulation going and keep a limb, you know, how are you going to fight off a viral yeah. infection? Yeah, so right. Very, very simple in our eyes, right? Very simple. Very yeah. simple. I agree 100%. Which yeah. is another one of those populations of people that have been hit pretty hard. Very hard. Yeah. With the virus. Absolutely. Whatever it is, something, something happening, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so I was, I've been curious, sort of wondering, so you, you guys are affiliated or you're, you're on the board, I forget how you describe it, with the, that, that clinic in Detroit. And sure. so can you Personal, share with family. us? Yeah. What's that? Their family, essentially, yeah. Yeah, well, fabulous. And can you share, are you free to share what are some of the things that they're doing for their patients to help their patients? Like you mentioned IV, vitamin C, vitamin, you're, we're giving vitamin D, vitamin K. What else, what else are people doing for, to help COVID? Absolutely. Yeah. We're willing to share. Why don't you, why don't you tell me? I was going to say one yeah. of the things that you didn't mention and we haven't mentioned yet is ozone therapy. Yeah. Yeah. So that's something we utilize a lot in our practice and um, yeah, it was, came from those mentors and doing it, doing IV, IVs in the parking lot, IVs of people's homes, yeah. you know? Yeah. So nice. Yeah. You've so, seen what kind of a response to that? Like, so let's say somebody is moderately or severely sick and you, you do it or you do your ozone therapy. Are you extracting blood and then ozonating it and then re-inject? Okay. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Or just, or just an ozone IM into the buttock, you know, okay. just trying to get something in there systemically get yep. oxidative effects. Um, I think they, we can't get it here, but they, they've been doing hydrogen peroxide, but we do heavy doses of vitamin C, right. In order to, you know, stimulate that oxidative effect as well. Right. Yeah. And then, um, as far on the nebulizers yeah. has been used. That's the, so I had heard that one of the acute therapies amongst medical doctors that is very effective is, is nebulized corticosteroids. Now I've heard of that too. Yeah. yeah. We've heard of that too. We haven't, we haven't needed to experiment with that much because we've had good results with what we're doing. We're yeah. Well, great. We're nebulizing saline, a combination of saline, hydrogen peroxide and Lugol's iodine. Okay. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Good. So we have an antiseptic effect, you know, and we have a nourishing uh, oxidative effect and then mm -hmm. uh, energy production effect from the hydrogen peroxide, which, which in the lungs, they produce hydrogen peroxide all the time to protect the yeah. yeah. So um, this is something that, I mean, we have anecdotes and case studies of sick, really sick people, pneumonia, embolisms, stuff like that. So we have used this on people like that. Um, and you know, their testimonies are invaluable. I mean, their testimonies are valuable. Yeah. Oh, hundred percent. I I'm so, yeah. you know, I'm so, um, 
incensed. I'm, I'm for lack of a better word, not not emotionally, but just just at the at how things have unfolded. I'm so I honor you both so much for for doing these things that are actually helping people, and they're quite simple. They they make a lot of sense, and people don't have to die. Like it's tragic no. how many people have died in hospitals on on ventilation systems. Yeah. Just yeah. Mismanagement of this situation. That's that's horrible. Yeah, it's horrible. It's um, if if we can prevent them from going to the hospital, that's our goal. Yeah. Yeah. It can just be a death sentence, um, really. So. Yeah, that's right. We do our best to prevent that from happening. Absolutely. Good for you. Yeah. Good. yeah. Now, I've also, because for me, let's say no naturopath could do anything with vitamins or, or uh, hydrogen peroxide or iodine or any of that stuff, simple, highly effective stuff. And all we had access to were, the, were like the drugs that are, a lot of medical doctors are standing behind saying that these are effective at helping them. They're very low side effect drugs. They've been safely used for a long time. I support the medical doctors in their use of those drugs versus lockdown, fear, mask, yeah. wearing, you know, yeah. vaccines, that kind of thing. Solutions. Yeah. Focusing on solutions. And they have the studies, you know, um, the, the recent study from uh, Eastern Virginia, I believe, with Dr. Uh, Merrick um, mm. and uh, Ivermectin. Ivermectin, there you go, he's, Ivermectin. He's got, he's got his research, go read it, you know, it's compelling. Yeah, <laughs> yeah there's, there's Dr. Uh, Pierre Corey as well, who's been right. very yeah. vocal about Ivermectin. And there's hydroxychloroquine. It's yes. gotten hit with a few bad, but I, I think this is a smear campaign, again, to delegitimize a potential solution so that the only yeah. answer is the, is the yeah. vaccination, you know? I know that's exactly what's happening because it's like even these pharmaceutical therapies where, you know, the potential, you know, for these companies to make money and actually treat people in an effective way is there. But the the possibility of the vaccine is for whatever reason so much stronger. I mean, for the money reason, most likely. Well, it could be mandatory. Yeah. <laughs> like that's a big But it's just we're funneling right everything away from these solutions and just this is the only one is the vaccine. The only one is the vaccine. And imagine if you could influence the government to mandate that on the people. Imagine that yeah. the number of people that you, you would forced to be vaccinated yeah. be, i mean that's money 300 money. million in yeah. america alone mm -hmm. yeah yeah hundred dollars a pop then they would also set a precedent um for the future too and mandating vaccinations so yeah, this is just the beginning it's not like oh yeah. the mandated vaccines are going to go away once they kind of pass this this gate um yeah so that's that's going on and and have you do you are you um, are you licensed to prescribe drugs in 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 California? The two of you? Uh, not completely. We have a limited scope when it comes to prescribing. Here. We can pretty much we can pretty much prescribe hormones. Well. That's cool. Yeah. Okay. I was just curious. Now I have a question for you because I'm, I'm just. This is one of the questions I ask some naturopathic doctors. 
I have no idea yet. It's just really a, a question flopping around in the wind, like an unanswered thing. Ivermectin is, is you know, used predominantly or initially as, as a dewormer. It's an antiparasitic. And hydroxychloroquine also has a, as an antiparasitic element to it, you know? The, is there a correlation there with these two being very effective with COVID that like, do, have you thought about that? Like, why are these antiparasitics being so effective in this situation? Have you thought about that at all? I thought about it. Do you have a good answer though? I don't. Yeah, no, no we, uh, yeah, I, I mean, we've thought about it. We have patients telling us about this. We know it's out there and we think it's compelling, but honestly, we've been, we've been busy with the stuff that we're doing Right. And yeah. so um, we're probably not the best, most well read on that. But if you have something to share, I mean, this is Very a good curious. time to, yeah. to say it. <laughs> I don't. I actually okay. don't. Yeah. I yeah. I've put it out there and I've asked some yeah. people and they said, well, it has to do with maybe the um, uh, the spike protein, like like the antiparasitics are also can, like attack the spike protein and then. So that the action, but I don't even know if that's the case. Like, well, that is the spike protein is the proposed mechanism behind this oxidative state being so effective against this virus, because the ox the spike protein has a high level of cysteine in it, and so it can be oxidized into an inactive form, essentially inactivating the whole thing. So if you that's our that's the theory behind it, you know, ozone, hydrogen peroxide, all this kind of stuff is to attack the spike protein. Wow, and when and it's also via the spike protein that the the virus infiltrates via the ACE two receptor. Yeah, right. Absolutely. It's that's Absolutely. what that's what bonds and then that's what helps it to to infiltrate. Absolutely. So that's there's all right. sorts of cool mechanisms that are being proposed out there right now. Yeah, well, that I mean that makes yeah. a lot of sense. I've really enjoyed and and have a tremendous amount of of love and admiration for uh dr zach bush have you have you seen any of his stuff I, i'm familiar with the name yeah okay yeah, yeah. so he's yeah. i mean he, he does talk a lot about this he's he's very um he's a very you know he's very holistic minded medical doctor who talks about the terrain and like the he, he yeah. equates our gut with like the earth the quality of the earth and 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 how our gut is so sick and how we've been treating the earth in such a way, you know, naturopaths, we, I'd like to see us be more into um, permaculture. Mm. Yeah. yeah. You know, that kind of a thing. Um, growing the food, um, you know, see, overseeing the health at multiple levels of, of uh, humanity. Absolutely. I think, you know, that's, that's kind of something I stop and think about every once in a while when I'm in here and I, I, I do what I can. And, and for the most part, my practice is running labs and then, you know, supplements, vitamins, mega doses of this stuff. And then when it comes to the diet, I do give people a, a basic template, but, you know, I think you give people what, sorry, a, a basic template, but I do think that it could be much more involved and that would be, you know, really beneficial um, in to be actually involved in the sourcing of food. That that would be huge for our outcomes. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, we're products of our environment. So, you know, when our food sources are sick and, you know, when our air quality is poor, you just, you see it reflected in every single person. And we should take more of a responsibility for it um, as a whole. Yeah, commonly we're like, well, you're not getting this from the soil, so we're going to supplement it for you, you know? And and we admit we do that, right? Yeah. but you know, it is sometimes it's a necessity, or we don't have other options really out of our office here. No, right, for sure. Yeah. You got to do what you got to do. Yeah. You know, I'm I'm kind of like I'm a very I'm, I'm I have a very vitalistic approach. So I do um, I do mind body medicine holi- through holistic counseling. That's a practice that I actually teach uh, naturopaths naturopaths to do, and I do homeopathy a lot. And one of the one of the principles that I've been introduced to through my practice and this idea that um, when when something grows from the ground, it's like the the minerals that are inherent in that in that food are a lot more bioavailable, you know, because there there's this life energy that it just the whole thing just is more absorbable. Mm-hmm. So the idea is we got to do what we got to do. So if we, we are uh, having uh, uh, nutrient depleted soils, we have to address that in the way that we can. But then again, naturopaths, we could be doing the one-on-ones with, with our patients, but we could also be doing the, you know, the, the, the healing of the land. And I think the political system, education system, just, just anywhere where health is involved, naturopathic doctors, we have a lot of tools at our fingertips that can, can span beyond the, the one-on-one practice kind of thing. <clears throat> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, sounds, like a, sounds like a job for uh, MDs for truth. <laughs> well, sure, sure. <laughs> we'll, see, we'll see where we're going to go. <laughs> Um, you know, I have Dr. Pamela Popper coming on and on Thursday. I'm very excited about that. She's been very vocal, um, having her voice out there talking about the pandemic, you know, tens of thousands of views on her videos, really, really good stuff. So I'm excited to, to share with her and really what NDs for truth is right now. It's, it's you guys, it's the naturopathic doctors that are in our profession willing to to speak out about the problems that we're facing and to emphasize certain important points like we have about the freedom of speech and you know not not being straight jacketed or handcuffed to really be able to help our patients these are things yeah oh i love this this is this is wonderful i'm going to keep tuning in yeah well thank you so much so i i really appreciate your 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 time, your, your expertise, your experience, how you've been helping people, your willingness to share this, because this is what I want the public and also other naturopathic doctors to gain access to. So we're going to be promoting it along our channels. Please do the same for yourself so that we could, you know, one of the things is naturopaths have been very quiet during the, the times of COVID. Um, the AMP has suggested, you know, don't, you know, shut down your practice. Don't, don't do it. Don't do it. And yeah. certainly Canadian naturopathic doctors have had some pressure there. And you're not even allowed to say anything if you're Ontario about COVID. You can't say a word. And that's where the majority of naturopathic doctors are concentrated in Ontario. 
So in any case, we're, we're, we're bringing the message out there. We want this to be shared. So share it on your, on your platforms. Um, if you want, if you have anything you want me to share about your practice, like give me, send me the link and I'll put it up on, on the page there. Yeah, we'll send you links to all our info and then some good educational pieces that we think might be valuable to people too. Please, that would be beautiful, beautiful. And if you want to contribute to any of the natural therapies, if you want to write an article, any of the natural therapies, what you have found to be effective, you're welcome to do that. Don't feel the pressure if it puts you in any awkward situation, but if you do want to get up on that soap dish, you're welcome to. Okay. Yeah. I would love to hear from you both. Just a, just closing remarks. Uh, take a few moments until your heart is completely expressed. Any little lurking thoughts or just words of wisdom, wrapping up points, whatever you want. And uh, go ahead, uh, Dr. Anna. I'd like to invite you to start with that and um, whatever you whatever you might want to say in closing. Yeah, I guess in closing. Um... I just, I hope that going back to, you know, everything, like the whole theme of this entire conversation is that I really, I want people to start speaking out. I want things to become more conversational. And I, I just really hope that the trend is more towards, you know, open-mindedness and open discussion. And I think that it really does fall to us it's our responsibility to set that example and to continue doing what we're doing and continue to speak out and others will follow. And that's, yeah, that's really how I feel right now. And Beautiful. just really happy that we have this opportunity. Yeah. Thank you. I, I salute you for your, your courage and your uh, wisdom and for your willingness to do one of the most important things for our society is, is the having the discussion, is having the conversation. And I wanted to emphasize at this moment, even if we don't agree with other people, even if we don't agree that we need to be having the discussion um, yeah. so that we can learn from each other, what the other person's thinking, what their perspective is, and, and also to be heard and to, to go somewhere uh, positive for the future rather than divisive, yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're maybe jumping ahead a bit in the, some of the conversation that we're having, but yes, that is where it starts. Just, you know, being open to someone else's perspective and, you know, giving that back in return. Yeah, yeah. sure. And, and uh, Dr. Garrick, would you like, do you have any closing? Maybe you can, oh. um, in your closing thing, you could start with, I'm curious now, based on what you just said, how how are we jumping ahead? I'm curious in, in our conversation. What, what, how do you see that? Oh, yeah. Well, I guess what I mean by that is diving right into the specifics about um, the science, the mechanisms, the data, the research. You know, just be open to the conversation first. Get to know someone, you know, be open to talk to someone. And yeah. View them as an equal and that you're, we're all in this together. And, um, that, that human thing. That, that the human, being human, that's the starting point. Yeah. These conversations will open up. And yeah, that yeah. goes in. <laughs> uh, well, awesome. You said yeah. wonderful things. It's a great closing. <laughs> Dr. Anna, Dr. Garrick, thank you both so much. Uh, I'm very grateful that you were, uh, that you were present today on this platform. 
and uh, we'll we'll see we'll see you again sometime. Absolutely. Yeah, Thanks absolutely. so much for doing this. Yeah, yeah. we appreciate. My it. pleasure. My pleasure. Yeah. All right. Take care and good evening.